Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Bigger Pockets Money Podcast. I'm Kaylin Bennett, and as a reminder, I am the senior producer at, at Bigger Pockets. Today, I am with my dear friend and CFP extraordinaire, Kyle Mast. Hey, Kaylin, it's good to be here. It's fun to have the producer in the show. Uh, and we're just filling in for Mindy and Scott today. They're probably off having fun doing something really cool. And we're stuck behind a computer screen. Yeah, I know. Probably living their best fire life of drinking Starbucks and eating avocado toast. So, you know. Definitely. With everything bagel seasoning on it, for sure. <laughs> exactly. Kyle and I are here to make financial independence less scary, less just for somebody else to introduce you to every money story because we truly believe financial freedom is attainable for everyone, no matter when or where you're starting. So today we're talking to this amazing woman named Tarzan Kay. She was a wildly successful copywriter who actually built a seven-figure business through writing emails and using sometimes predatory marketing tactics to have a wider audience. Yeah, so from this conversation, you know, she does a really good job of helping us understand how we can maybe detect some language that is being used to manipulate or pressure you into buying the products that are coming online these days and that you maybe can't afford or just don't need. So this is helpful for just about anyone who feels like they can't always vet something really well and feel pressured to buy something. This would be a really good listen for you if you're looking for an online course or some sort of coaching program. Uh, she does a really good job of giving kind of a behind the scenes look at that. Absolutely. So the things you're going to hear today, you're going to hear about Tarzan's story, about how she built this business, how she changed her business practices to be more ethically conscious. I should say positively conscious of the consumer on the other end and the red flags you need to look out for so you don't get swindled out of some money that you don't need to spend on a service you don't need. The purpose of this show today is we're here to equip you with the knowledge of what to look for for red flags within this industry if you're looking to purchase an education course or if you're interested in one or if you want to become an educator or a marketer and how to do this positively without, I guess, selling out. Without further ado, let's bring in Tarzan Kay. Tarzan Kay, welcome to the Bigger Pockets Money podcast. We're so excited to have you today. Thanks. Thanks for having me. You know, we know that just a few years ago, you had this really massively successful email marketing and copywriting business that made you, you know, well over seven figures. And I think a lot of our audience may be kind of confused on how copywriting works and what are the nuances of marketing, why it's important. So can you just explain what copywriting is and what your business specifically focused on? Okay. So the main thing that I do right now is email and I teach people how to write better email copy. So all of the emails that you get from a company that's email copy and that's my specialty. But copy is really any words that you use to talk about your business. So it could be your website, it could be, um, there is a bit of a distinction between content and copy, like content is more blogs, that's like social media. Copy is really specific to, um, you know, it's really specific to the problem that you solve. And the language that we use in our copy is really important. It's language that we come back to again and again. And like, there's certain words, you know, like just an obvious piece of copy is like some things like just do it. We, that's like one of the probably greatest pieces of copy of all time. Like the words that you associate with a brand, that's like really obvious copy, the stuff on billboards, but it's also everywhere. And we're writing it every day. And does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's such a valuable skill for business owners. I think I'm the queen of like my promotions tab, or if I get too many emails, I'm like the queen of like unsubscribe, 
let me clear out this tab. Um, so as a business owner and as someone uh, that is looking at marketing, this is this is a tool that our audience really needs to think about and look at. Right. Yes. Another thing is um, I am very focused on consent based email marketing, which is not the way that everybody does email marketing. And I have like very clear consent practices in my email. Just as an example of that, like when I'm in a promotional period for my program email stars, like I'm sending quite a lot of emails. The first thing I will do before I send any email is say, do you want this? Like, do you not, do you want me to turn this off for you? Click this link and I won't send it to you. By default, I'll send it to most people on my email list, but they always have the option to turn it off. Every time I send them a promotion, at the very top, it's like highlighted in bright yellow. Like, hey, do you want to like turn this off and make it go away? Um, you can just like click this link and this promo will stop immediately. And even when people join my email list, like there is in online business with course-based businesses and even a lot of service providers, um, you know, we have this culture of offering a freebie in order to get on the email to get subscribers. So could be like a masterclass, a free PDF, whatever it is. Um, I have a tick box for every single one of my forms. It's not perfect. There, I might have missed one on one page somewhere. But anytime you download something from me, you have the option to just get the thing and see you later. And I actually want people consenting and saying, yes, I want your emails. Like that's really important to me. I don't think um, just giving a freebie is really enough to say that, um, to, like to, to qualify as consent. I just wanna make sure that consent is built in all the time. Something that I'm always thinking about because we have all been in that situation in our inboxes where we're like, what the hell? I didn't, like, I didn't want this. Like, who is this person again? Like. I think I signed up for something, but like not this. So I really, my mission, like I'm out there saying like, hey, you can do email in a way that feels good to you and feels good to your subscribers too. Like you don't have to shut down that part of yourself that's like, email, like I don't wanna be that person. Like, okay, that's valid. Like, why do you feel that way? And what could you do to make sure that your subscribers aren't getting that feeling when they get your emails? All right, let's take a quick break. We've heard about the positive practices Tarzan is currently using in her business. After we get back, we'll dig a little bit deeper into some of the more predatory practices that are used in this type of marketing. Remember when you had to pay to get a lead's phone number? It was like the dark ages until Deal Machine made skip tracing a thing of the past. Now, with your Deal Machine plan, you'll get unlimited access to phone numbers and contact information for no extra cost. That's right. Get high quality, reliable information trusted by leading financial institutions, all fully compliant with the federal do not call list. Explore over 150 data points, including age, gender, marital status, occupation, and a ton more. Trust me, this is the data you need for off-market deals. With new filters, people flags, and color-coded phone numbers, lead management just got a ton easier. Ready to step up your investing game? Sign up for a Deal Machine plan today and gain immediate access to this unlimited treasure trove of contact information and phone numbers. Just head to dealmachine.com BP. Transform your lead generation and deal-making strategies with Deal Machine. Sign up today and start exploring the unlimited possibilities at dealmachine.com BP. When it comes to financial guidance, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When Mindy and I want to upgrade our wallets, 
we turn to NerdWallet. Scott's right. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, Mindy and I were paying for vacations in cash, missing out on miles, and not even knowing what we're leaving on the table. But now we're flying through the skies for free, thanks to our new cards with more miles and upgrades than ever. So if you want more travel rewards, hotel upgrades, or airport lounge access, no matter where you go next, let NerdWallet help you make it happen with a killer travel card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms of each credit card issuer apply. The easiest way to collect rent? RentApp. RentApp is a seamless, secure, free payment tool for small rental property owners like you and me. Built by a team of fintech veterans behind Square and Cash App, RentApp uses ACH bank transfers to deposit rent directly into your account. Landlords love RentApp for its unbeatable convenience. Isn't it time you made rent collection easier? RentApp, the free and easy way to collect rent. Learn more at rent.app slash landlord. That's rent.app slash landlord. Welcome back to the show. Today, we're talking to Tarzan K about how to consciously market your online course and business. Some of the things that you just said, I think there's a journey behind them of how you got to where you're um, treating your audience in the nice way that you are. Uh, let's step back a little bit and then we'll come back to why you do that. Um, kind of give people a little bit of a context. Like You built a substantial business uh, before making some adjustments. Can you give us just a, a little bit of a, some detail of what the, what the business looked like that you built, you know, you mentioned like courses, but you know, and it sounds like you built it really fast, you know, give us just a quick overview of how that built business was built, what it looked like. Well, one thing that I know about capitalism, having thought a lot about it in the last eight years is like, um, exploitation and oppression happens when you're trying to do things really, really fast. And when I look back on the growth of my business, like it was so fast and there was just like no time to think about anything other than like getting to the next goal and getting the next promotion out. Um, so I started my business eight years ago and I was like fully 100% bought into like online courses for everyone. Everyone's an expert. You should start an online course. This is like the path to riches, to wealth, to like a lifestyle business. Um, and I, so, you know, I started buying courses really early on. And I started writing copy for people who were launching courses. And I immediately saw that like copywriting as a skill for people who sell courses is essential. Like if you can't do that, you will never sell courses. You either have to learn how to do it or you have to hire someone who does. And I saw that it was a rare skill and I was like, okay, I could, uh, I could actually like do this myself. Why am I writing for other people's courses? I could make way more money selling my own. Never mind that, like, I actually didn't really have a lot of industry experience. Like, I would say I created my first course, like, probably a year and a half in. And I, I knew things that other people didn't know. Was I, like, in a place where I could, like, call myself an expert? I don't know, but I was like, everybody's an expert. That's what everybody's saying. Like, you're an expert. As long as you're 10 steps ahead of someone else, build your thing. And I learned a system of marketing that I didn't really question. Like I learned about uh, persuasion and nobody told me, okay, so let's back up. So Robert Cialdini wrote this famous book 
And he wrote about these, it's called influence. He wrote about the principles of persuasion, which are reciprocity. That's like um, example my ex-husband used to use. He worked in sales and he used to famously say he would be working on like a like a $7,000 sale. And in the middle of it, he would say to his customer, like, would you like a bottle of water? And immediately reciprocity is engaged. So it's like you give something and people want to give back. A lot of coaches use reciprocity on sales calls. Like they will give, give, give a lot on the sales call. And then immediately the person feels like they have to buy something. That's reciprocity. And then we have obvious things like scarcity, like three spots left, authority, like which for me was just like, look how beautiful I am on social media. Like, don't I look trustworthy? Um, commitment and consistency. Consistency is like, basically that's why like a tripwire would work. If you've ever downloaded a free thing, or let's say you bought something and then there's like an upsell that's like a little something extra. Um, in the online course business, it's often like, I bought this person's $2,000 course, so now I should probably continue on and buy their $10,000 program because I already invested in them. So I better keep working with them. Like we want to, um, it's, it's like, it has to do a sunk cost fallacy. It's like, we want to make a decision that's consistent with the previous decision, even if it's not working, uh, because it affirms that maybe it will. Uh, so then there's liking and then there's social proof. Um, which is like testimonials, et cetera, things like that. I learn about these six principles of persuasion. Great. I'm using all of them in my business. Like everywhere in my sales funnels, I have fast action bonuses. I'm talking about how much money I make because that's authority building. I have like all the layers of um, all the layers of persuasion and people are buying my stuff and it's like going so fast. I don't even know what to do with all the money that I'm making. I got to like about, I think it was four years into my business and I started to notice that like something felt a little bit off. Um, and one thing I noticed was like, I couldn't understand why some people were getting results in their business and others weren't. And I started to look at why some marketing feels predatory. And, you know, through all of my years of teaching, like I had so many people came to me and they just like weren't willing to do it the way that I was doing it. They just like felt weird about it. And I would tell those people what other people were telling those people, which was that they had a mindset problem. Like, oh, you're just like, you're scared to sell. Like you just have to like work on your mindset so you can like get out there and make your pitch. But like, actually what I realized was like, no, those people were really tuned into something. Just very quickly, just to clarify for our audience, what were you exactly selling at this point in time? Was this mainly your course that people were, were purchasing and then uh, not finding that same amount of success? Yeah. So I had, I've sold my program email stars. Like it's the, one of the first programs I ever made and I still sell it today. And I've sold it in all different ways. Like the first time I sold it, it was like $6,000 program. I tried several different price points in its heyday. It still sells for about $1,500, but in its heyday, it sold for $1,500. And I would have like several hundred students at once. And I do want to say like, that it's a great program. I'm totally proud of that program. It's more about the way that I was selling and also the way that I was teaching people to sell in the program. Um, so, so, okay, let's see, where are we in the story? Oh, learning about marketing. I took this program with Kelly Deals, 
called, it was called Feminist Copywriting. Now it's called Copywriting for Culture Makers. And Kelly had this program inside the program that was about Robert Cialdini's Principles of Persuasion. And by the way, I never read the book. I just learned all the lessons and taught all the lessons. I actually never read Cialdini's book. Uh, but I did after Kelly told me that actually, like, Robert Cialdini wasn't trying to write the handbook of sales for people on the internet. He was actually writing that book for consumers so they would know when they were being preyed upon. And I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, wow, I just never considered that. How did this happen? That we as marketers have taken Cialdini's principles of persuasion, which were principles of how to not get conned, and turned them into like how to persuade people to buy anything. And those principles, like they freaking work. There were years where I was like, I could sell anyone anything. Like, I just know exactly what to say. I know exactly what to show them in order that they will buy. And I, I had that power and I was absolutely like not conscious of how that power could be abused because it is being abused all over the freaking internet. And one thing that has really changed the coaching industry and a lot of online, online selling has sort of tapped into this issue that people don't want to be predatory, that they feel preyed upon. And now we're seeing a lot of new language that's like coaches saying they're trauma informed or other coaches saying business coaches saying that they teach ethical selling. Like there's now become like a whole um, new, all this new language that's like so confusing. You're going to have to beat me there. Um, it's so confusing for people because really the sales, like it's, it's not different. It's just a new package. And it's, it's like, just as a, here's an example of this. So, um, people will say in their marketing, you know, this is not, uh, this is not a get rich quick scheme. This is not for people who don't want to work hard. Like this really is work and it takes time. And then immediately under that, there will be a testimonial from someone that says, this program transformed my life and uh, nothing has ever worked like it and I made $45,000 in my last launch. Or, you know, it could be weight loss. And I needed no money. <laughs> yeah, or it could be weight loss. It could be like, whatever it is, like these transformational promises, like social proof is really powerful. And it's one way that people will counterbalance their quote unquote ethical messaging to like not make the promise, but actually sneak the promise in under there. So um, I, I feel like a bit of like a pariah in the industry because like I'm just shouting all over the place about like all of this predatory stuff that's happening on the internet. And I also want to say like, I'm in it too. Like I also am constantly asking myself in my promotions, like, is this okay? Is it okay to share this person's story? Like if I look at, this client testimonial that I'm using combined with like this fast action bonus that I'm offering, like, is this okay? We're going to take a quick break, but stay with us. After this, we're going to be discussing questions that you should ask yourself as a consumer before you purchase an online course or things that you should ask yourself as a business person putting out an online course. 
This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that a long time ago, before I ever started my real estate business, I turned one of my first primary residences into an Airbnb? And that's the extra income that I needed from Airbnb that gave me the confidence to go out and work for myself and eventually quit my nine to five job. And now I have dozens of Airbnbs all over the country. I've even partnered up with the old David Green on a recent property in Scottsdale to take our portfolio to the next level. And of course, we host it on Airbnb. But you don't need to be a full-time real estate investor to start on Airbnb. As a matter of fact, I was self-managing 10 properties while working my 9-to-5 job, so I know anybody can do it. Think about it this way. You're looking for extra income and going on a vacation. Wouldn't it be great to rent out your space and let your property pay for itself while you're gone? I did this one time. I pitched my wife and my roommate because we were house hacking on the idea of renting out our home, and it paid for all of our expenses on a trip to Mexico City. So go and give it a try. It might just change your life just like it did mine. And I really do mean that. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. When it comes to financial guidance, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When Mindy and I want to upgrade our wallets, we turn to NerdWallet. Scott's right. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, Mindy and I were paying for vacations in cash, missing out on miles, and not even knowing what we're leaving on the table. But now we're flying through the skies for free, thanks to our new cards with more miles and upgrades than ever. So if you want more travel rewards, hotel upgrades, or airport lounge access, no matter where you go next, let NerdWallet help you make it happen with a killer travel card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at NerdWallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms of each credit card issuer apply. Pretty good episode, right? While you were listening, you could have been getting paid rent with RentApp. Landlords love RentApp because it makes rent collection a breeze. RentApp uses ACH bank transfers to deposit funds directly into your account. Setup is straightforward for renters. Landlords don't need to download anything. Both have peace of mind with a digital transaction history. Isn't it time you made landlording a little easier? Rent app, the best way to pay or collect rent. Learn more at rent.app slash landlord. That's rent.app slash landlord. Deciding how to invest your capital can be extremely challenging, especially when the market is constantly changing. That's why it's never been more important to partner with a company that has a great track record. The BAM Capital executive team has successfully navigated through the Great Recession, COVID-19, and the current interest rate environment while delivering maximized returns to their partners. BAM Capital is a trusted multifamily syndicator with over $1.3 billion in transactions, delivering a historical average of over 35% IRR with an average hold period of three and a half years. BAM Capital has consistently paid preferred return distributions for over 50 consecutive months, has not lost limited partners capital, and has not called capital past the subscription amount. BAM Capital's disciplined investment strategy is targeting undermanaged institutional quality trophy assets throughout the U.S. heartland for accredited investors who are looking for generational wealth building or monthly income opportunities. Their offerings target cash flow stability, capital preservation, long-term appreciation, and accelerated tax benefits. Join BAM Capital's over 1,200 investors across 44 states and get started today at BAMCapital.com. Again, that's BAMCapital.com eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly 
Brake kits, LED lights, exhaust kits, turbochargers, bumpers, whatever your baby needs. eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time. Or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. I think the things that you're bringing up are really important. And there are things that Kyle and I actually see in the real estate and finance industry all the time. I think that we see, buy this $10,000 course. It's okay. You can use a credit card, but you don't have to put any other money down or into it. And you're going to make $100,000 this year. And I think that like that's a big thing our audience has had quite a reaction to negatively or positively, because I think that mentorship is super valuable. I think education is super important, but I think the big issue we're honing in on is um, potential education or predatory practices at the cost of someone's financial well-being, or maybe, you know, in these other businesses, we're talking about not getting enough value out of them, or not even taking into account that people may not even be ready for this content, or they may not even need it due to but but we're putting this pressure on the time and the scarcity mindset which i think kind of gets people into this primitive behavior like i have to just buy this because everyone else is buying it and we got to move forward and i think that that's really the bigger you know more ethical issue that we're all putting our finger on which is like how do i get education how do i how do i balance these things how do i get education while not feeling scammed through it you know the real estate industry is one of the original uh guru industries you know before the internet happened you would get a postcard in the mail of there is a meeting at the best western down the road and it's free this and at the back of the room room if you race back there you know real estate is we are there <laughs> like we are the original og before email um and i would also say i'm my background i don't know if you know this tarzan i'm a cfp i had a financial planning firm and our industry is super heavy sales on the front end training of a lot of people and a lot of people will jump in that way and they are taught or they go through courses that teach them how to sell product to people but what we run into in any industry is that you end up selling product to people that it doesn't work for. And it may work short term, but you're not getting the the good feedback, the good feelings for yourself also, but you're not really adding value in the long term. And it sounds like from from your experience, you've gone through that. Like you you have gone through the process of figuring out, okay, I was offering something that was working for some people, but I was so good at selling it to other people and it wasn't working for them. And then you made you made like some major moves uh, in your business. So if you could touch on like, what what did you do to correct course of where you were going? And along with that, try to help people that might be building a business, might be trying to market, might be trying to actually help people, but also put food on the table. How do you build something from the get-go to not have to rebuild it later? When my business was at its most profitable and I had, you know, the, the largest like team and infrastructure, the most students, all those things. Like I actually didn't really like what I was doing. I felt like I was really boxed in to my business. And also I was going through a divorce and I was like, oh my God, this is just way too much for me right now. And so it was, um, it was about 18 months ago. I'm going to eight, I guess maybe 18 months ago. And, uh, so now my business is more scaled and now, you know, my, 
also the business, like, you know, we have a, we need to make $50,000 a month to keep the wheels turning. Like that's just it. So, um, we come off a promotion that like didn't do very well and it didn't do as well as we wanted or needed it to, which happens all the time. No big deal. Uh, but still there's a lot of livelihoods at stake. And I got on a call with my number one, Sandra Booker. She's now in the role of fractional COO. She's still with me. Um, so I get on a call with Sandra and we decide that we will, um, launch the next month, a mastermind, um, and, you know, we'll take like 10 people, we'll make like a hundred grand, we'll be okay for a while. And I got off of that call with Sandra and I was like, oh my God, I don't actually think I can do this. Like I was in such a low moment in my life. Like I had just finished negotiating a mediation agreement with my ex-husband who was a stay-at-home parent. Like I had been carrying two, I almost want to cry thinking about it. It was so hard. Like I was had been carrying two households for almost a year and this whole team, like they're all looking to me for direction. And I got off the phone and I was like, I, I can't lead. Like a mastermind is a major undertaking. Like you need to give people time. You need to be present. Like you need to, like, you need to be their cheerleader when they think they're going to fail. Like I, I'm like flailing over here. I need someone to support me. Not only content development. Like I, I want to just stress that to our audience as like, I, what I do for a living is I make content and a month is the shortest time frame ever for that vast amount of content that Tarzan would need to turn out. I mean, I think a mastermind, a boot camp, that's a several month, if not a six month long process that you, you and your team should be putting in to develop something that's probably garners a $10,000 price tag. Yeah, absolutely. Like the previous, you know, the previous promotion, we had worked on it for four months. So this would have been really fast, but mostly I just knew that I couldn't, in integrity, I could not sell a $10,000 thing to save my business. Like no way. And I got on the call on the phone with my best friend and I had like not even said this out loud. I was like, what if, what if I just let my whole team go? Like, I just need a break right now. And as soon as I said it, how many people was that? Uh, it was, I had three, only three full-time employees, three full-time employees plus me and Sandra. So Sandra never went anywhere, nor did I, um, but three, that's like three people's livelihoods. And I, as soon as I said it, I started crying. I got off the phone. I laid down on the floor and cried some more. And I also was like, so clear. I was like, I cannot hold this for everyone. Like I, I can't be everything to everyone. Um, I just need a break. So the following Monday, I let my team go and it was like probably the hardest day of my whole career. Not nearly as hard as it was for them probably, but it was really hard. And then I took a short sabbatical. And then the next year, I basically just started experimenting. I was like, okay, I don't have like all this overhead anymore. So I don't need like a million students. And like, I'm actually still figuring it out. But I my business is really different now. It's just way pared back. And I'm actually not even sure if I am finished making my business smaller. Like I might want it to be even smaller than it is. Um, I'm really interested in people that have like, uh, that have 
businesses they love that they operate themselves or like maybe with one person. Um, I don't know. Like I have learned that there are a million ways of making money on the internet that do not involve passively selling online courses with evergreen funnels. Like I see a land of opportunity. I don't know what's out there for me. It'll be email related. So I have a selfish question here and it's going to redirect a little bit, but hopefully other people will benefit from it. So I get an email from someone who's not as cool as you and they are using these tactics. What is, you know, like in the first 30 seconds, as I'm reading the email, you know, I, I'm, I'm a driven person. I'm self in, into self-improvement. I want to in, you know, build my business, build another business, sell a business. You know, a lot of our audience are real estate investors and kind of serial entrepreneurs sometimes. So they're always looking for self-improvement. When we're looking at something coming at us, what do we watch out for in order to not be manipulated? Give us all the red flags. Yes, the big ones. Probably the biggest one to look out for is transformational promises. Like, and even the word transformation, like I freaking hate that word. I never use that word. Um, so anything that feels transformational, that's like a, definitely a red flag, something to look into. Um, I also think anything, anytime you have to make a decision fast, that's like more than a thousand dollars or that's more, you know, we all have our zone, like a thousand dollars might not be that much for me. It might be a lot for someone else. So you do kind of need to know your zone. Um, I always, always check in with Sandra before I buy anything. I mean, okay, I'm saying always, always, like nine out of 10 times. And when I don't check in with her, it's always when I do something that's like really not smart. Like why didn't, or I'm trying to sneak something by her. So I would say like, have a conversation and talk about it with someone before you buy it. Cause oftentimes even just like having someone ask you like, well, what do you think this is gonna do for your business? Like where and when do you expect to get the return on investment? Like when I'm thinking about buying something, I already know Sandra's gonna ask me those questions. So I'll go to her and I'll say like, okay, right now I'm like really, I'm really into LinkedIn. I'm like, I wanna learn LinkedIn. Hey Sandra. I'm looking at this program on LinkedIn. It's 500 bucks. These are the things I'm going to learn. Um, this is where I think I might, you know, there's a client that I'm after. I think this might give me a strategy and, you know, that could be a $20,000 project. Like, you know, I'm like formulating the argument ahead of time because I've had the conversation a million times, but that is really important because it's so easy to like marketing is like so seductive. Like I'm still good at it. And I would still recommend that like, People also have these, like, no, whether it's someone who's like a predatory person or not, um, that's just an important thing to do. Like talk about it with someone, understand what you're actually hoping to get out of it. Maybe this feels a little woo and just FYI, I am not a woo person, but when you are about to make a purchase, like actually asking yourself, like, how do I feel in my body right now? Because what I have noticed, the way people buy especially online courses is like, it is so, they are so agitated by the promotion that it's like, I am just going to click this button because I'm so freaking uncomfortable right now. I just like, I will, let me just make this go away by buying this thing. So actually like paying attention to like, how do you feel in your body right now? 
uh, before you click this button is really kind of an important one. I feel like a lot of the internet is so consumed with like FOMO culture. Like, oh my God, if I don't do it right now, I'm never, ever going to get this chance again. But the principles of marketing is if something works, you're probably going to do it again. (laughs) So I think that to me, that's a pretty big red flag. And another red flag is what I see a lot on the internet is you're going to make X amount in X amount of time. So I'm going to make, I'll teach you to make six figures in six months. And, but you have to get it in the next, you have to click it in the next 30 minutes or this fire sale of this course is going to be gone for forever. And I feel like people are very seduced by the idea of of this time bound astronomical results, but that's really not where true returns come from. Agreed. Um, So that is a perfect example of a transformational promise. And that's a bit of an obvious one, but sometimes like they really do sneak in. And even if you find yourself thinking like, wow, this could be like the secret, like there are no secrets. Like there just aren't. We all have to try. Yeah, right. Yes. Talking to previous students like can be helpful sometimes. If you're going to spend an amount of money that is uncomfortable, like talk to some people who have been on the inside of the program, like you could even ask for like a program tour, like, can I see what it looks like? Because there are just so many people with very slick marketing and behind the scenes is just like an absolute mess, especially in coaching. So, um, and you know, even hitting reply on an email, like what is the customer service like? Um, are you actually getting replies? Someone over there paying attention? How much, like, Who's in the program? If it's a cheap DIY program, like, okay, fine. But if like, what does the support actually look like? Like asking questions around that, who's in there? How many other people are in there? Because sometimes even if there is good support, like if there's a thousand students, like forget it, you're you're not going to get. Just basic questions like, am I going to get one-on-one time with this mentor? And if the answer is no, and it's a $10,000 course, I mean, I think I can safely say the ROI isn't there for me. Like if $10,000 isn't chump change. So you you should be getting, I guess, hey, to put it this way, but a concierge level of service through your education at that price point. Another thing I think is like, um, it should be one thing that I'm, so this year I redid my website and it had been years and it's like my favorite thing that I did in 20, well, it's 2024. Last year I redid my website. My favorite thing that I did in 2023. And the thing that I am the most proud of is that it is so clear. It's clear what I do. It's clear what I don't do. It's clear who I'm for. Like if you're looking at something and you're not really sure if you're the ideal person and you're like, "Mm, it might be the thing, like these, those sorts of programs like really thrive in like that murky place of like, basically everybody needs this. And if it's not working for you, it's because like you just need to level up to the next tier or you just weren't brave enough or whatever. Any language about being brave, I would even say about investing in yourself. Like those, I mean, not that it doesn't require an enormous amount of courage to be an entrepreneur, but like be brave by spending money on me huge red flag. I think I see a lot on these courses, like just have an abundance mindset. We're really going to dig in on that. And it's like, no, I actually like want the practical skills, like 
please, please teach me those as well. Like I'm all for abundance mindsets and getting in the right headspace, but I think a lot of those courses are based in that sort of thing and not in the practical action of doing. When I hear you talk through these things, these are really good practical tips, but I start to think, you know, this is timeless wisdom that we just have been taught by our grandparents, don't buy the thing that says you're going to get rich quick. Don't assume that it's not going to take work. There are definitely things, and you even mentioned that that's new language that people might even use to manipulate you, but you know, look deeper, look at the character of people, look at results, like true results, look at how things actually work and have worked in the past. Don't assume that there's something new that has never been done before in the history of the world. But I, you know, thank you so much for just sharing the depth that you have in experience and being so transparent of how you came to the conclusions and the mistakes that you made along the way. I mean, a lot of people don't share that often, and I really appreciate that. All right, Tarzan K, thank you so much for coming on the Bigger Pockets Money podcast. It has been an absolute privilege uh, talking with you today. If people want to learn more about you, you know, website or an Instagram handle that we can direct people to. Yeah, I'm on Instagram. I'm on LinkedIn, Tarzan K. I'm the only Tarzan K, K A Y, on those channels. And I'll give you the links. Uh, really, though, like, I'm the, if you wanna hear from me, like, get on my email list. All of my best work is on my emails. I read all my email replies and I reply to most of them. So you can also talk to me. Um, but I would say email. Well, thank you so much, Tarzan. Uh, we hope to hear from you again at some point. And we're gonna, we're gonna be watching all of your, your positive practices for uh, email marketing. So thank you again for sharing. Thank you. All right, Kyle, that was Tarzan K. And wow, that was a lot of education. What did you think of that episode? Yeah, I mean, she really has some experience in the email industry and not not just in the email industry, but in marketing and selling. And I mean, even using the word manipulation, but just in... It can be done in a good and a bad way, but she just really hit on the different areas that you need to watch out for. But also if you're building that type of business to kind of help you think through what you need to build it like, you know, what kind of business do you want to build? Who do you want to serve? I just always think about uh, the real estate industry and then my own industry, the financial advising industry. There's so many people out there that are just trying to sell things to people that don't need it. But there's also people out there that really want to do a good job and take care of people and provide things that people do need. So this is a really good show to go through. If someone is struggling with that right now in their own industry, you got to sell something to put food on the table, but who are you selling it to and how are you doing it? You need to think through those things and make sure that you're morally okay with what you're doing so that you can live with yourself. I agree. I think the power of persuasion is essential to sales, being a good marketer, having a good business. You need to convince people that they need your services. But I really think the crux of this conversation is about being conscious of the consumer on the other end and also being conscious as a consumer about what you actually need, especially in this day and age where FOMO culture is real and you always think you're going to miss out on something. You know, you have to buy it because everybody's buying it. That's not necessarily what needs to be happening in your own life. Yeah, definitely. She did a great job covering all of that. Um, there's a lot you can take away. I wanted to go deeper into her business. You know, we just didn't have time to to get into everything. You know, she did she did a really cool thing of scaling back and going smaller, which is not on the internet. You're always told to go bigger, farther, faster. 
And that's not Hire always more, what's do more. Yeah, what's best for your situation. So that was really cool too. But yeah, just all around a good show. Yeah, I think a lot of people in the fire community probably resonated with that fact. <laughs> They're always like, it's time to scale back, time to hang out. So all right. Well, Kyle, thank you so much for joining me today. Like, what a what a treat we gotta do a show together. This was this was a good, good one. Yeah. Thanks, Kaylin and Kyle. Kaylin and Kyle, the dream team that Mindy and Scott didn't know existed. <laughs> All right, everybody. <laughs> uh, this wraps up this episode of the Bigger Pockets Money podcast. He is Kyle Mast. I am Kaylin Bennett. And in the words of the great Mindy Jensen, take a break, rattlesnake. If you enjoyed today's episode, please give us a five star review on Spotify or Apple. And if you're looking for even more money content, feel free to visit our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash biggerpocketsmoney. Bigger Pockets Money was created by Mindy Jensen and Scott Trench. Produced by Kaylin Bennett. Editing by Exodus Media. Copywriting by Nate Weintraub. Lastly, a big thank you to the Bigger Pockets team for making this show possible. The market is changing and finding your way can be tricky. Rates shift, headlines whirl, but your goal hasn't changed. You want financial freedom, and the best investors know it's not about timing the market, it's about time in the market. If you're ready to get into real estate investing or take it to the next level, finding an investor-friendly agent is your next step. With the Bigger Pockets Agent Finder, you can find the right agent in minutes. Just head to biggerpockets.com/deals, enter a few details about what and where you want to buy, and boom, instantly matched with an investor-friendly agent who fits the bill. These local market experts can help you navigate the neighborhoods, analyze the numbers, and take action with confidence once and for all. This free resource is only available at biggerpockets.com slash deals. Get an agent, get the deal, and get closer to financial freedom at biggerpockets.com slash deals. That's biggerpockets.com slash deals to find your investor-friendly agent today. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Past performance is not indicative of future results, and all host and participant opinions are their own. Investment in any asset, real estate included, involves risk. Use your best judgment and consult with qualified advisors before investing. Only risk capital you can afford to lose. Bigger Pockets LLC disclaims all liability for direct, indirect, consequential, or other damages arising from reliance upon information presented in this podcast.